sifter.com.au. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto. And I'm Fiona Bartholomew. Welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in video games. This week, so many studios have sacked their developers, Counter-Strike 2 fans aren't thrilled with some of the changes, and the winners of the Australian Game Developer Awards were announced. Here's the news for Sunday 8th of October. Let's go. Join the Sifter community on Discord at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. It has been a brutal week of layoffs across the industry this week, this time for Last of Us Heavyweight's Naughty Dog, Worms and Overcooked developer Team 17, Keyword Studios, who are working on the next Dragon Age, and once again, Telltale Games is in trouble. We'll start with Naughty Dog. According to sources, at least 25 developers across multiple departments, predominantly in quality insurance, are having their contracts abruptly terminated by the end of the month. Sadly, with these team members being contractors, severance packages are unlikely, and there are rumors that both the remaining and the terminated staff are being asked to keep quiet. Now, what's happening over at Team 17, Fiona? According to reports by Eurogamer, the company is in the process of a major restructure, with around 50 roles expected to be cut largely within the QA department. But that's not the only shuffle. Michael Patterson, who joined as the CEO in 2021 after leaving PlayStation, has stepped down from the role. With Patterson's exit, Commercial Operations Director Anne Hurley is tipped to be the next at the helm. It's been a rough couple of years for Team 17. Earlier this year, its art and design department saw redundancies, And you might remember back in 2022 when reports surfaced about poor working conditions and wages. Plus, there was the brief botched foray into the realm of environmentally friendly Worms NFTs. It was also announced that BioWare would not be renewing its contract with Keyword Studios, a global contractor providing services like QA workers for major developers. In the firing line are 13 of their unionized QA workers who had been working on Dragon Age Dreadwolf. The Edmonton-based contractors succeeded in unionizing in June last year in a move that was the first of its kind for the Canadian games industry. Keyword Studios claims there is no more work for those contractors, but Polygon has reported that several job listings have since been posted by the studio. And lastly, we have news from Telltale Games, with IGN reporting that a significant portion of their staff have been let go. After being basically brought back from the dead in 2019, fans were hoping things had turned around for the narrative-driven developers, but unfortunately, it's really not looking good. We don't know the exact numbers just yet, but be sure to stay tuned to Walkthrough, and we'll keep you updated as more information is released. Last week, Valve dropped Counter-Strike 2 out of nowhere, much to everyone's excitement, but unfortunately it didn't live up to expectations. The update to Counter-Strike Go launched with new gameplay aspects, weapons and graphics, but was missing quite a few features that fans loved. So of course, those fans took to Reddit and Twitter to share their complaints and concerns about the game's current state. Reddit user Cosmic Trigger one put together a list of some of the aspects that have disappeared, including several competitive wingman maps, workshop maps, and game modes like Arms Race, Flying Scoutsman, and Danger Zone. That's not the only issue. As CS2 replaced CSGO entirely, some players can't even access the game anymore, including those players on Mac, with no info about whether support will return. It was kind of a strange move. You could still access the original Counter-Strike for many years after CSGO launch. Valve has acknowledged some server instability, but that's pretty much it, and say they're working to fix it. 
is that time of year where we celebrate Australian games and creators with the Australian Game Developer Awards, and boy, did they not disappoint. Stray Gods, the role-playing musical by Summer Fall Games, unsurprisingly took out several awards with Game of the Year along with Excellence in Music and Accessibility. The Master's Pupil by Pat Naum won Excellence in Art for its hand-painted look that reportedly took seven years to complete. The puzzle adventure game sees you explore the art of master artist Claude Monet, helping him complete some of his greatest masterpieces as his eyesight fails. Winning excellence in narrative was Amaranthus by UB4Q. The visual novel-styled road trip game follows the story of Eric, who's on a quest to defeat a tyrant, meeting new and old friends along the way. Aspire 2 Stealth Operatives, the stealth action first-person shooter by Digital Load Immersive Media, won excellence in ARVR. You can grab this one on MetaQuest 2 and take on the role of Aspire Operative Poe. One of our favourite chaotic multiplayer games by SMG Studio, Moving Out 2, also picked up an award, taking out excellence in gameplay. This removalist game sees you and a bunch of friends taking everything out of a house and breaking a lot of things in the process. Hopefully, they didn't throw this award into the truck. And taking out Studio of the Year was Playside Studios. The Melbourne team are known for their games Age of Darkness, Final Stand, World Boss, and their upcoming game, Dynasty of the Sands. There were a stack of other games and developers who were recognised at the awards. Check it all out in our show notes. As Overwatch League Grand Finals wrap up for 2023, we are unfortunately saying goodbye to the Overwatch League for the foreseeable future. Earlier this year, Activision said that both the Overwatch and Call of Duty leagues were in trouble and warned that efforts to turn them around may be unsuccessful. Caster Zoage Vint and the rest of the broadcast team signed off for the last time with messages of sadness but thankfulness to the fans who stuck around for many years. Activision has promised that a revitalized esports program is in the works, but there are no plans or suggestions on how that will look. In July this year, Activision said the league teams will get to vote on a new operating agreement, but it turns out that if they don't vote in favor of the new agreement, they may face a $6 million termination fee. PAX Australia returns for another year with indie games galore, and where else to get your feel of what's going on at the event than right here on Sifter. The team is covering some of the highlights on the show floor, from the spooky point-and-click game The Drifter to the combat wombat game Primordial's Legends Hollow Hero, and the hilariously absurd The Dungeon Experience from developers Jacob Janurka and Simon Boxer. We're showing off all of the indie showcase winners, as well as a preview for the first expansion to the spooky fishing game Dredge the Power Reach, which was just announced. The Power Reach is our sixth area in Dredge, and one that we were actually always wanted to do even before we released Dredge. Uh, we just didn't have time, and so it introduces the icy biome. We're excited to introduce a whole new monster uh, into the area, just as you would expect from the, the other biomes. Uh, and there are a few extra boat upgrades that you'll be able to do. Smashing through ice is um, probably one, yeah, definite, uh, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, so you'll have to find bits of materials and equipment to, to be able to upgrade your boat and access all that you can uh, in the new area. There's a lot to cover over the couple of days with plenty of interviews and stories to come. Keep an eye out for them on our website, sifter.com.au, or head to our YouTube at youtube.com slash sifterhq. New financial data out of CD Projekt Red has given us the final cost of its Phantom Liberty DLC, and it's massive. 
The new campaign cost around $80 million US million to produce, of which around $21 million was just marketing. Add that to around $40 million US million to bring the game to Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 and the sweeping 2.0 update, which improved many of the base systems. The new updates have enticed many new players to the dystopian RPG, and CD Projekt have just announced a live-action spin-off series is in development as well. Part of me thinks it might have been better for them to just wait a bit with the release, but it sounds like CD Projekt might have bought the redemption arc they wanted. That's it for the big headlines. Here's what's coming out over the next week. Out on the 10th is the revamped Forza Motorsport. While it's the 8th in the series, Turn 10 Studios and Microsoft have decided on a soft reboot, presumably heading towards a live service model. Boasting over 500 vehicles and 800 upgrades, expect features like ray tracing and enhanced damage models when it comes to Xbox Series S and X and PC this Tuesday. Space Fantasy Gachathon Honkai Star Rail from Chinese studio Hoyoverse is out on PlayStation 5 after launching on mobile and Windows earlier this year. Take part in turn-based battles as you ride a space train through the stars. Pick it up on the 10th. And this Friday, we will see the return of Lords of the Fallen, the successor to the 2015 hit by the same name. You'll journey through vast realms, master combat, customize characters from nine classes, and face colossal bosses. Decide your Legends path in this exclusive RPG sequel on PC and current-gen consoles on the 13th. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au this has been Walkthrough by Sifta. My name is Kyle Paletto. And my name is Fiona Bartholomeus. Thank you so much for listening. If you've ever enjoyed one of our podcasts, can I stop you just for one second and ask you for a massive favor? Send one of your mates a link to your favorite episode who you think might like our work. It doesn't take long and that recommendation is absolute gold. We're a small indie network and we rely on word of mouth. So if you take the 30 seconds to share the show, it'll be so appreciated. Sifter is produced by Kyle Paletto, myself, Adam Christou, Daniel Ang, and Chris Button. Mitch Lowe is senior producer who edited this episode, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune, and thanks to Audio Technica Australia for their support of Sifter's podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday. Chris Button here from Drop Rate, Sifter's video game review podcast. Unicorn Overlord might have a strange name, but don't dismiss its tactical prowess. It uses a, a tactics mode, um, and, which is similar to the Gambit system that was in Final Fantasy XII for your um, uh, your squad mates. And you can say, okay, well, you know, Hodrick, who's my legionnaire with the big shield, I want him to prioritize protecting the back row. They're going to take the most damage. If they take a physical hit, they're going to go down, but I need them to be protected. So you can get quite granular with this, and I reckon you can build some pretty wild builds that are <laughs> totally game-breaking, um, but it's kind of the fun of the tactical squad-based gameplay in Unicorn Overlord. Tune in to Drop Rate to find out why Unicorn Overlord might just be one of 2024's sleeper hits. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.